Jaysta, how we doing? Welcome to podcast number 23. I hope you're all well. I hope you've had a good week. My week's been a bit different and uh, the reason for that is we have managed to get away for a few days. Um, always in the past we never really had holidays. Um, when I started with Father right the way through and I suppose tis only in the last six or seven years perhaps we've we try to manage to get a week away if we can every year, maybe a long weekend in and out. But um, life goes by so quickly and before you know it, um, you're getting old. So um, anyway, we say we try to get a, a week a year, but um, Beth was 50 in January and she said she always wanted to go to Scotland. And about three weeks ago, I could see that... Um, we had a, a little window where we could have perhaps a, a long weekend away. So um, we grabbed the ball by the horns and um, looked on the, the internet and we managed to get a, a little one-bedroom cottage right on the, the banks of Loch Lomond, uh, right at the water's edge. So um, I worked all day Wednesday, went home, had me tea, obviously saw mother, and then we started the long drive. So the plan was that um, I would drive until we got tired and then we'd find a hotel for the night and then do the rest of the journey to Thursday morning. And I suppose it was getting about half past 10 and we got to close to Bronzegrove. So uh, I said to Beth, you get on the phone and um, get on the internet and get us a hotel room somewhere. I couldn't believe it, all booked up. Everyone we tried, all booked up. And then she did find one. So we we went and pulled in their car park and went inside. And the, the woman there behind the counter, she said, um, so sorry. She said, we meant to update it. Unfortunately, we fully booked too. And she said, you ain't going to find nowhere free. Because she said, they down south are on half term this week. And they move up here on holiday. So we thought, crumbs, what are us going to do now? So... I could add visions of, uh, well, I could picture exactly what Mary and Joseph was going through. And I said to Beth, in a minute, you're going to have to start Googling stables and we're going to have to get our head down there somewhere for the night. But um, what we decided to do was I'd keep on driving and she'd keep on looking on the phone until we found a hotel. So anyway, I did keep on driving. And then at last she said, I found one. So I said, right, grab it. And she said, it's very good. She said, it's only a third of the price of the other hotels, which I thought, well, I don't know what that means, but we'll go for it. So um, we booked it online and we pulled up in the car park and honestly, it was deserted. The door was locked. I thought, oh God, they've shut down. And we was just going to pull off and Beth said, I'll just walk around the corner. And she come back. She saw there is a, a side door for their reception and they are open. So that was good. So we went in and dear old Meddy behind the counter, he was uh, quite a character, really. First looks, you you could have thought he should have been a extra in the Adams family or something like that. But um, he was a lovely chap. Um, when he started talking and I started talking, we couldn't understand a thing each of us was saying. And down here, as you know, if you see somebody, you normally say, how be doing? And they'd say, yeah, right on, whatever. Well, of course, well, back when I was younger, we used to actually say, I'll be knacking. 
Um, I always remember, I always see our own aunts, and first thing you'd say, hey, we knack him. And he'd always answer back, knack him brave. Well, if I tried that up there, there was just silence. So I thought, you know, I'm going to have to watch what I say here to communicate through what we wanted to do. But um, we managed to talk and understand each other. We then had to show and how to work the credit card machine, but we got that sorted and we got into our room. Well, I think it was just gone 12. So we had quite a good night's sleep. It was a bit Spartan, really, but uh, bed was pretty comfortable. And then we was, woke up about six and then got down at breakfast and we was on the road again be seven o'clock. I must admit that experience did make me think of things you used to say years ago you don't say anymore and like hey we knack and I used to love saying that so I think I must start saying that again so I think when I start my podcast from now on if I remember that's how I'm going to start them. So off we headed and on our journey then a bit further along the road we saw the sign for Lockerbie and we thought we'd just pop in there into their Garden of Remembrance, just to pay our respects, and um, that's what we did. It was quite a sobering experience, really. Um, perhaps some of the younger ones here might not remember, but it was back in December 1988, and it was the Pan Am flight was actually flying over Locker Bay when uh, a bomb that was planted on the plane exploded, and... Um, I think there were 243 passengers on there that was killed, um, 16 crew. And also what happened was large sections of the airplane actually landed in Lockerbie in a street, residential street, and um, 11 residents were killed there as well. I think it was 270 people were killed all in all. And um, yeah, it was quite a, a sobering experience there. Um, and then I did put a photo of the memorial on my Facebook page, actually. And I think Steve Collop and Sally Bate, they both got in touch to remind me that Billy McAllister was actually killed there that night. And um, he used to be the pro golfer there at St. Anadoc Golf Club. So, like I say, after uh, staying there for a little while, we then got back in the van and we headed off to Loch Lomond. So we arrived at our little cottage and, oh, it was handsome, you, I tell you. It was right on the banks of Loch Lomond, right on the water's edge. It was fantastic. So um, we unloaded all the gear and everything. And um, we then went out. I had to do a six-mile run that night, training for the marathon. So we, we went for a little run. So that was good along the, the round part of the loch. And then we went out for tea. And first night, well, um, Beth was a bit more adventurous than me, and they actually had a vegan haggis there. So she actually went for that. I I went for um, vegan chili con carne, but she went for the haggis, and she thoroughly enjoyed that. So uh, that was the end of that day. And um, the following day, the weather was pretty good. So we, we'd taken all our push bikes up, so we took the road bikes out, and we did, oh, I just done, well, I think it's 48 miles, something like that, that day on the road bikes. It was quite sunny. Um, the Where we went, twin that hilly, really, although there was a few interesting hills, shall I put it that way? I think we actually did over the, the ride about 5,000 foot of climbing, but uh, yeah, twin too bad at all. 
The following day, the weather wasn't quite so good, so we took the mountain bikes out there and went round the trail. And um, we was actually staying between Balak and Luss. Uh, so that day we thought we would head to Luss and um, I don't know if some of you can remember but there was a program to us a sitcom in the 80s called You Take the High Road and that was actually filmed there in Luss and um, again I put a few photos on my Facebook page because the thing that struck me most about that village was that there was no houses it was all single story cottages and you might say, well, surely that's a bungalow, but Tun, they, they was cottages, but just single story. And to us, um, yeah, that's the one thing that jumped out at me. But uh, I must admit, I never did watch that programme, but um, I expect you could still watch it on YouTube or something. I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, that was that day. And then the following day was when I had to, I had to run 12 miles that day. So um that took me, well, nearly a couple of hours there. I went out for my train and run. And then the the last full day we had, we decided we'd climb Ben Lomond. About 18 months ago, I suppose, we did go, with me, Beth and Andrea, we did climb um, Snowdon. And that was for Alzheimer's um, Society that time, raising a bit of money. So we thought we'd try this. This was a similar sort of height, I think. So um, we went and we parked up and if you look on the internet it says you've got to get there early because the car park gets pretty full well when we got there there was only about two other cars there um so we parked up and i had read that there's an easy way to go up an hard way so anyway we only found one path so i thought well if we start going up this path tis bound then to split into two and we don't want to go up the north face we want to go up the easy way so off we went and we couldn't find no split in the path at all. And I'm sure we went up the hard way. Cool. It was hellish, you, to some steep in places. And um, to start off with, cool, we were sweating like pigs. We had, uh, I had me um, tweed coat on and three layers underneath and me St. Piran cycling bobble hat. And gosh, sweating like angles. And um, Beth said too, we, she said, we got too many layers on, but we couldn't do nothing about it. And... Then we got about a third of the way up and then the mist started arriving. And then when we got about two thirds up, that's when the the wind and the sleet appeared. We then got to what we thought was nearly the top because you couldn't tell because there was so much mist and fog. And that's when we saw the snow lying around. So we, we took a couple of selfies there, you know, on the snow that was there. And then we met two other blokes the, the first people we'd seen on the climb and we said are us nearly there yet or no and they said yep you nearly well they didn't speak like that but basically they said yep you nearly there tis about or oh, 20 meters whatever that is in feet up the top so um off we went and god what a fantastic feeling when we got up to the top we took the photos and uh selfies and the two objectives that day one was to get to the top and the other was to see the fantastic views and you couldn't see a thing. To a so misty, it reminded me of when we used to go sixth form and we'd leave Wade Bridge in the morning and the sun would be shining and you'd just get the other side of Penwithick and where the clay tips are, well, they call them the Cornish Alps, and then the fog would appear. And to be overcast there in Snozzle all day. 
And then you come back and there be mother brown as a beret. And um, I said, you've been out in the sun all day, mother? She's oh, no, I just went out for hour dinner time. Well, the fog was just like that fog. You couldn't see a blimmin' thing. But at least we got to the top. So then we headed on down and that's when disaster struck. I suppose the cause of it was a mixture of different things. Obviously, we were streaming leaking anyway. Um, I didn't have any gloves, so I had my sleeves pulled down over my hands because my hands was freezing. But also, we was pretty elated that we'd actually got to the top and we just wanted to get back to the car and perhaps we was going a bit too fast. I don't know. And I'm not saying that I'm clumsy because I don't think I am clumsy. But if ever anybody... um falls over or crashes on their push bike or anything like the time I did down in Mosul it always seems to be me and sure enough we was part way down I caught me left foot in this jagged rock went to put me right foot out to steady myself tripped there and I went down a heller and me hands because they was up me sleeves I couldn't get me arms out in time and the whole pressure of the weight of myself went down on my left knee and I was down on the floor me bubble added flew off and I was feeling quite sorry for myself to be honest and the main thought that went through me head while I was there lying there was thinking oh crumbs have I beggared up my knee when I got this marathon to run so um, I did lie there for a minute I couldn't get up so anyway eventually I did and I limped on for well, five, ten minutes, and then it did ease a little bit. So um, I say I did feel sorry for myself, but we got down to the bottom, got in the car, and um, got back and uh, had a shower, and, and all was well. And then we went out for a quick drive um, before we had tea. So that was okay. And then the next day, it was time to head home. So um, we set off about quarter past eight, in the, no, quarter past eight, quarter to eight in the morning, and um, it took us nine hours and four minutes. So we got home, yeah, just after a quarter to six. So um, all was well there. And then I put all my photos up on Facebook that evening, which was quite funny, really, because I never put photos up while I'm away. And, of course, we've had a few quite large funerals since I've been back. And people have been turning up saying, what are you doing here? I thought you was in Scotland. But, um, yeah, so that was our adventure Anyway, um, being away up in Scotland. While I was up there, I did look into the significance of um, the quote, um, you'll take the high road and etc. And um, I did find that it was actually a song that was written about two Scottish soldiers and they were imprisoned. I think it was in Carlisle um, in the castle there in England. And I think one was to be executed the next day and the other was to be set free to go home. They might have been brothers. I'm not too sure if that's true or no. And um, the Celtic, I thought it was quite nice, really, because um, the Celtic belief is that if you're killed or you die while you're on a foreign land, while you're abroad, then your soul will take the low road um, direct back to your home country, um, the direct route. And whereas the soldiers, like the, the one that wasn't, going to be executed they would have to walk back home over the the hills and the mountains and whatever to get home so the actual spirit of the dead soldier would arrive back home in the Celtic land homeland before the living would 
And I thought that was quite a nice thought. And being Celts down here in Cornwall, I thought that was um, perhaps a, a nice thing to end this podcast on. Um, and of course, that song is actually called Loch Lomond. So I think that's about it. I didn't really mean to ramble on quite as much about this. And I was then going to go on about the Cornish tartans and the kilts and everything. But I think I'll leave that for another podcast. At least that'll give me information to talk about, you know, for another one. And for me, Cornish word this week, I thought I'd go for one. I'm, um, I don't think I've said it before, but um, I thought I'd go for the Cornish word for hill because it's Bray, um, B-R-E or B-R-E-A. And of course, up in Scotland, the Gaelic is also Bray, but that's B-R-A-E. So it was quite similar. So I thought I'd go for that. But um, I think that's it for this week. I, I hope you've enjoyed it. And I say, it is nice to leave you with that thought that uh, taking the high road or the low road. There we go. See you next week. Hope you have a good week. Wish you well. Do Guinness.